This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Good morning to all of you. And uh, I bring you greetings from Ghana. And uh, I'm so uh, happy to be here. Uh, the only thing I miss is our sunshine, you know, uh, sunshine all over. And I enjoy that. Uh, this uh, morning, I have a word for each one of us. And we're going to read a lot of scriptures. So get your uh, pencils or your iPad, your iPhone, whatever. Get your tablet ready and put it down. I'm speaking on the subject, being at the right place at the right time. And three things I'm going to talk about. Being at the right place at the right time. And I'm going to talk about being at the right place to hear God's voice. Number two, I'm going to talk about being at the right place for God's provision. We want God to provide and God said, I'm willing to provide. Then we're going to talk about being at the right place for ministry and open door because God has talented each one of us and he's given us gifts and you must be able to use it for his glory. So three things I want to talk about. So being at the right place at the right time, you know, uh, if you are traveling and then um, the flight is three o'clock, you got to, uh, the, the, you are supposed to travel out of Dallas airport. You were there at four o'clock. You were at the right place, but you were there at the wrong time. So you will miss your flight. So is the two of them is very, very important. Being at the right place at the right time. Say right place, right time. Okay, so the first one we're going to talk about is being at the right place for God to speak to you. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 1 to 6. Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 1 to 6 from the New King James Bible. It says, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the porter's house. And there I will cause you to hear my words. God says, Jeremiah, I'm going to speak to you. But in order for you to get the import of the message and understand what I'm saying, I want you to go to the porter's house. If not, when I speak to you, you will not understand. You know, sometimes you can hear somebody speaking, but you cannot understand what he's saying. You know, you hear him all right. It's a simple English. You hear him all right, but you don't understand. So the Lord said, Jeremiah, I want to speak to you. But in order for you to get the import of the message, I want you to go to a porter's house. So the Bible says that Jeremiah, verse 3, then I went down to the porter's house and there he was making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was mild in the hand of the porter. So he made it again into another vessel. And it seems good to the porter to make. Verse 5. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not do what with you as this porter? Say of the Lord. 
Look, as the clay is in the hands of the porter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. So the Lord said, look, Jeremiah, I want you to go to the porter's house. He went there at the right time when God spoke to him. He didn't waste time. He went there. And when he went there, that was exact time that the porter was making a vessel with a clay. And whilst in the process of making the vessel, the vessel mild, destroyed. And then the porter, because he had power over the clay, he changed it and he made it into another thing. And God said, this is how Israel is in my hand. And this is the message I have for you. And at that time, the word of the Lord came to him and the Lord spoke to him. To Jeremiah, God was speaking to him to go to a specific place at a specific time to hear what he wants to say. It was a geographical place. To us, it may not be a geographical place, but it is your spiritual condition. Because God wants to speak to each one of us. And I'm going to show you. God wants to speak to us. But God says, you must be in the right condition so that I can speak to you. If not, when I speak, you will not hear. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I will start from verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I will start from verse 9 to 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I will start from verse 9 to 11. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have we entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. If this verse have ended there, it will be a disaster. Because he says, there are a lot of things that God has prepared for those of us who love him. And for you to get up in the morning to come here where you can be sleeping at the house shows that you love God. So God says that I have things prepared for you that your eyes have not seen. Your ears have not heard. It has not even been revealed. But he didn't end there. He continued with verse 10, which is very, very important. He says that, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man? except the spirit or of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. But the not, verse 14, verse 14, but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. God says, I have a lot of things for you in this life. But what I want to do is that I want to reveal them to you by my spirit. And God is a spirit. And so he said, if you will get time for me, if you bring yourself to that place, like the same way I told Jeremiah, I'm going to speak to you. And when I speak to you, I'm going to show you the things I have for you. Little by little, I'm going to show you. But I need you to that place. So in the Christian circle, we have something we called, it's been there a long time ago. If you don't know about it, I want, is we call quiet time. 
We call it what? Quiet time. It's a time that every Christian, everybody that you knows God, it's a time you've set it aside and you go there. It is normally in the morning. You get up in the morning and then you open your Bible. You read your Bible and pray. And through that process, the Lord will speak to you. Are you hearing me? God wants to speak to you. He wants to show you a lot of things. And, and it tells us in Isaiah, I want to tell you, it's Isaiah chapter 48, verse 17. Isaiah 48, verse 17 from the New Living Translation. It says, this is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you what is good for you and leads you along the path you should follow. You see, what may be good for me may not be good for you. That's why in the Christian circle, you don't compare yourself with yourself. The Bible says, those who compare themselves with themselves are not wise. That's what the Bible says. So, God says, I have something which is good for you. And I want to speak to you, guide you, and lead you to what is good for you, and give you instructions how to follow. But I will only do that when you bring yourself to that place. Where I can speak to you. If you don't do that, he will never speak to you. In fact, I don't have this scripture on my outline, but give me Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. And then I go. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Give us on the screen. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Do you have it on the screen? Hebrews chapter 1, okay, say, God at various times and in various ways spoke in the time past to the fathers by the prophet. What he's saying is this, before I come to verse 2, he says that in the past, listen to me, in the past, this is what God did. God spoke to men through various ways. One, he spoke to them sometimes through dreams, through visions. Even through an animal, one time, through a camel, God spoke. He spoke by the prophet. But he said, in these last days, he has spoken to us differently. Verse 2 tells us how he has spoken to us in these last days. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. So in this last days, the way God speaks to us is this. Listen, you know, many times the mistake a lot of Christians do is that, oh, pastor, it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Yes, everything is in the Bible. We have in the Bible where Abraham slept with a maid servant. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. So don't come and tell me it's in the Bible. You, are you dumb? <laughs> don't tell me it's in the Bible. That's what the Bible says. Rightly dividing the word of God. God is saying that in the past, this is the way God did. But right now, he is speaking to us by his son. 
And the Bible say, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. You come to verse 14 of John 1. It says that, and the world dwell among us. It became flesh and dwell among us. So the word is Jesus. So in other words, what God is saying is to us is that, look, in the past, I spoke to you in different ways. All the ways that I used were not perfect. All of them were not perfect. But in these last days, I'm speaking to you by a perfect voice. And that is the voice of Jesus. You can't go wrong. You know, when you are driving and you have different, different voices, you can, you can go astray. You can get confused. So God says, I don't want to use anybody again. Now I have the word. Jesus, he is the voice. He's the only voice. I want to speak to you. So every morning when you get up and you have time, you bring yourself to that place. I have things I want to share with you. I have things that, I don't know, because God has a plan for every one of us. That is our teaching. We believe that God has a detailed plan for each one of us. He will not reveal it to me. He said he wants to reveal it to you because God is not a gossiper. Are you hearing me? He said, look, I want to have an intimate relationship with you. So make time. Get to that place at that time. I want to speak to you. You see, a lot of people think that God can never speak to them. That's the Christian. They've shut their minds. That how can God speak to me? He can only speak to pastor. I'm here to tell you. God says, I want to speak to you. That is why I gave you my spirit. When you gave your life to me, I allow my Holy Spirit to come and live inside you. So he said, today I speak to people through my son, which is Jesus, who is the word. If you have time for me and then read the word, I will speak to you every day. Amen. Amen. So have time and let God speak to you. That's the first one. Being at the right place for God to speak to you. And number two, being at the right place for God's provision. Now let's go to First Kings. It's a long passage. Then we're going to First Kings chapter. It's a long passage, but we're going to read all because I want to read it for all of you to First Kings chapter 17, 1 to 16. First Kings 17, 1 to 16. And Elijah the Tishbet of the inhabitants of Gilad said to Ahab, as the Lord our God Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall be no dew nor rain this year except at my word. He never knew that the prophecy that he was given was going to also affect him himself. Oh yes, because there was not going to be any rain and he, he was also affected. Then the word of the Lord came, verse 2, then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherif, which flows into Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook. And I have commanded the raven to feed you there, being at the right place for God to provide. So if he had remained where he is, he would never be fed. He will starve and die. And it's not God's fault. He died early before his time. So God says, you go to that place at the brook there 
I have commanded a raven that will come and feed you. And if you know the nature of the raven, uh, of that bird, I mean, it is contrary to his nature to go and give food to somebody. No, he doesn't. The bear doesn't do that. He's one of the bears that will always consume everything that he gets. So it was a miracle. That's why the Bible says that I have commanded. So verse six, uh, verse five. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Each one of them, he used the word, I've commanded a raven. Go there. I've commanded a raven. He'll come and feed you. Go to Zarephath. I've commanded a widow to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, Indeed, a widow was there gathering stick, and he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a muzzle of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I did not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bean and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as I have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus the Lord God of Israel, the bean of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends the rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and all her household ate for many days. The beam of flour was knelt used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord which he spoke to Elijah. You see, God wanted to provide not only for Elijah, but he also wanted to provide for the widow. Because when Jesus came, he made reference of it in one of his teachings. He said, were there not a lot of widows in Israel? And yet God sent Elijah to this widow because God wanted to provide. And what God told Elijah, listen, Elijah, he told him, go to this place at this time, this place I'll provide for you. It was a physical, geographical place. To you, it's not a physical, geographical place. The lesson is that he wanted to teach us is that, look, if you want me to provide for you, and that is what he taught the woman. If you want me to provide for you, first of all, I want you to give what you have. 
Because when you look at the story, you will think that Elijah the prophet was not sympathetic, was not compassionate. A widow don't, don't have anything. He said, the last that I have, I'm going to cook and we die. And you said, do prepare the meal first for me. It was a principle that God wanted to show the woman and wanted to show Elijah that look, if you want me to provide, because in all the cases, it was a divine provision. He said, I've commanded, I've commanded. It is a miracle for a bed to bring food to somebody morning and evening, morning and evening. It's not natural. It's not coincidence. Are you hearing me? The same thing with this flood that never this and it is not natural, it's supernatural, it's divine. God says, I want to provide for you. But be, if I'm going to provide, the first thing I say is that give what you have. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going further and help you to understand. So if you want, come to Genesis and uh, Genesis chapter to, uh, 22. I'm going to read 1 to 5 and then 12 to 14. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac. Listen, to God, Abraham had only one son. But in reality, he had two sons. But to God, he had only one son. And I'm going to show you why. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac. So he mentioned the name Isaac, whom you love. And go to the land of Moab, Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled the donkey and took two of his young men with him and asked his sons and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went up to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The Lord and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. Listen, the first time the word worship is used in the Bible is this time. And when Abraham, I'm asking you, when Abraham told them that I and the Lord are going to worship, what, what was the meaning? Was he telling them that they are going to sing and come? No, no, no. He's, he, that was the first time the word worship is used. And when Abraham used the word worship, he was not meaning coming to church to sing. It was different. The word worship he used there means that I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to give something. He was going to sacrifice his son he loved. His son he so loved. That's why God specifically, if, he did, if he, God have said, Go and sacrifice a son. He would have taken Ishmael. So he said, I want you to go and sacrifice your only son to me, your only son to Abraham. That was his only son. Your only son, Isaac, whom you so loved. And then verse 12, look at what happened. Verse 12. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him for 
Now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket of its horns. So Abraham went and looked and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of a son. And Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Abraham learned the lesson that if you want God to provide, he always asks you for what you have. And if you are willing to give him what you have, he will provide. But I'm going further because there's something I asked about God and God showed me. And I want to show you Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, I'm reading from verse 25. And then I'll come to 31 and 33. Therefore, Matthew 6, 25 says, Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. What do you eat or what you will drink? Nor about your body. What you will put on. It's not life more than food and the body more than the clothing. Listen. What is mentioned here is what all of us we are working for. The reason why you get up early in the morning to go to work when it's snowing, when it's raining, and you go to work and you work hard, you are sitting down in, on your computer working hard every time, is because of what, how you can put food on the table for your family. What you will put on and the house you will sleep in. These are the three basic things of life. And God says that, I know it. I know that that is what you are struggling for. I know every one of us, that is what we are struggling for. That's what, but he says in verse 31, therefore do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. He said we, he knows that we need these three basic things, what to eat, what to wear, and where to stay. He said we need it. In fact, the time this scripture was being written, if at that time they have invented automobile, they would have put there and what you would drive. But at that time, there was no automobile, so they couldn't put what you would drive. So it was those, those three things. Then he comes to verse 33. Everybody say, but. He said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. God says, the things that you are worried about, I know you need something to eat. I know you need a place to put your head. I know you need something to put on. He said, I know all these things, but what I'm asking you is that in order for me to provide, seek my kingdom first. First things first, whatever you have, whatever money God gives you, there's a kingdom money inside. Whatever money God gives you, there's a kingdom money inside and you don't eat it. It's not everything you eat. Are you hearing me? I was born and bred in a village. When we plant the corn, maize, 
And then we harvest the maize. The best of the maize is reserved for planting. It's not reserved for eating. You, you, pres you preserve it so that you can plant it. And God says that, I know that you need all these things, but I have given you kingdom money. Seek my kingdom first. If you seek my kingdom first, what even you have, the things that you are worried about, I will give it to you. I will help you. I know you are worried about what you eat. You are worried about what you will drink, what you wear, where you put your hair, what you will drive. But he said, if you seek my kingdom first, I am going to do that for you. Okay. Now, let me come to, I asked God another question. I said, Lord, why is this so? Matthew 6, 19 to 21. And this is where the robber meets the road. Listen, I, the, the, the inside God gave me. Matthew 6, 19 to 21. Do not lay up your, for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroyed, but where thieves break in and steal. And how, but lay up your, for yourself treasure in heaven. How do you lay up yourself treasure in heaven? By giving to the kingdom of God, by giving to the work of God. That's how you are laying up treasure. Where neither moth nor rust destroyed, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Then verse 21. Let's all read verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, one of the things the Lord told me. He says, son, I was asking God, God, what about this giving, giving? And he says, son, let me tell you. It's not because... I want your money. Silver and gold is mine. Listen. Silver and gold is mine. It's not your money I'm after. I am after your heart. But if you cannot give me, listen, if you cannot give me what your heart is after, you can't give me your heart. Can I repeat it? God says it's not after your money. But I know your heart is after money. Whatever your heart is, that is what I come for. Because once you are willing to give what your heart is after, you are willing to give me. It is easy for you to give me your heart. So if you say you have given God your heart and you are not willing to give to God's work, you are lying between the two of your teeth. Let me give you an example. You are lying. You are a liar. You are li because the Bible says where your treasure is, that is where your heart is. If I go to my house, one time thief broke into my house. If I go to my house and thief are broken into my house, I go where my treasure is. If I go where my treasure is and they've not taken it, I say, Lord, thank you so much. I give you praise. I give you glory. Because that's where your treasure, where your treasure is, it's where your, your heart is. So God says, before I can get your heart, I have to go for what your, where your, your, your heart is. That is the reason why when the Lord told Abraham, your only son, your son that you so loved. It is when he was willing to give. Then the angel said, now I know. Now what? I know you fear God. I know you serve God because you were willing to give what your heart is after. Let me give you an example. We all know about Zacchaeus. All his life, his ambition and everything was money. That's why he was cheating people. That was he was doing everything 
When he made Jesus and gave his heart to Jesus, nobody told him. He said, every possession, everything that I've made, I give half of my possession to the poor. Why? Because what was so dear to her, him, he has now given his heart to God. It is no longer dear to him again. You see, if you are not willing to give God your money, you can't give him your heart. It's full stop. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. That's why he's after your heart. So he said, before I can get your heart, I come for what your heart is after. And once you are willing to give me what your heart is after, it is easy for you to give me your heart. If you don't give me what your heart is after, you are lying. Stop lying. I love you so, Lord. You are lying between the two of your teeth. Amen. Because once you give him your heart, you are willing to give everything that your heart is after. You see, the rich man, when he came, he said, Oh, you want to know how to enter into the kingdom? Go and sell every goods and come and follow me. And the Bible says that his heart was there. He was not willing. He left grieved. He left grieved. You see, once God, so God will always come for something that is precious to you and say, look, I want you to give this. And if you are willing to give him, he said, now I know you really love me with all your heart. Because it is easy. Once he gets what your heart is after, it is easy to give him, him your heart. The last one is getting to the right place for ministry. Getting to the right place for ministry. In Acts chapter 16, verse 6 to 15, and I'll tell you my story. Now when they had come through Phrygia and the regions of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the world in Asia. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, and in a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran and straight course to Samoas, and the next day came to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is the foremost city of that part of Macedonia, a colony. And we were staying in that city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went out to the city, to the riverside, where prayer was customary made. And we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. Now a certain woman named Lydia had us she was a seller of people from the city of Tyria, who worshiped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she 
and her household were baptized, she begged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. Listen. The Bible says that go into the world and preach the gospel everywhere. So Paul was going everywhere to preach the gospel. But he got to a place. The Holy Spirit forbade him. Because God says, I will lead you to every... God leads us. And we Christians, we have six senses. If somebody is not a Christian, he has five senses. Our sixth sense is the Holy Spirit. If you're a Christian, your sixth sense is the Holy Spirit. So what the Holy Spirit tells you is always you obey. That's why the Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit. It didn't say by their five senses. By the Spirit. They are called the children of God. So the Spirit forbid them. So they stayed and they were praying. Then they wanted to make another attempt. The Spirit forbid them. Then in the night he had a vision. And a man from Macedonia said, look, come. I want you to come. And then after that, the vision, he concluded that God wanted us to go to this place. And they went. And that is where they met this woman who was a rich woman. And when you read church history, she became one of the greatest supporters of Paul's ministry. Or after even Paul has left there, she was always supporting Paul. Why? Because Paul, listening to the Holy Spirit, was led to that place for open door for ministry. Not only open door for ministry, but he also opened financial provisions and everything for the future of his ministry. You see, God has a ministry for each one of us. And God wants to lead you. And listen to me. God, if God has brought you to this church, he did not bring you to this church yet to sit down and warm the pew. <laughs> tell the person sitting beside you that God said, I should tell you, he did not bring you here just to sit down and warm the pew. He has brought you here because he has a ministry for you. And so you need to get involved. As you pray, the Lord will open your eye, will help you and show you why he brought you to this place. And then he will show you the open door, the ministry he has for you. Because the Bible says that every one of us have been gifted by God. We are the workmanship, Ephesians 2.10, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God had prepared beforehand. So God has a work for each one of us. He doesn't want anybody to be idle. Are you hearing me? Listen to me. I'll tell you, my story is like uh, Paul. When I finished Bible school in 1979, at that time there was a church in Accra. And when you live in the third world, the capital is everything. That's where we have everything. Everything work is in the capital. Everything is in the capital. Everything happens in the capital. The law even uh, function in the capital. Outside the capital, the law doesn't work. <laughs> Any, yeah, anybody who stays in the third world will tell you. You know. So I was, I, 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 
I wanted to go to Accra. There was a church that wanted me to come and be the pastor. At that time, in 1979, they had 200 members. And in those days, 200 members was a big church. Even today, if you have 200, it's a big church. So they had their parsonage and everything. And I wanted to go there. They wanted me to be the pastor because I was the class speaker during our graduation. I spoke. So a lot of churches wanted me to come, but I wanted to be in Accra. That's where I wanted to be. So I bet I gave myself, I said, let, let me. So they told me, I said, give me one month and I want to pray. But in my heart, I've already said yes. And I went to pray, and I still remember, it was Thursday morning, 10 o'clock. I was not asleep. I fell into a trance, and somebody was telling me, come to Kumasi. I had, Kumasi is the second capital city of Ghana. I'd never been to Kumasi before. That was not the place I was born. I never knew the place and everything, and I didn't want to go there. But after the vision, I knew God wanted me to go to Kumasi. And that is how I ended up in Kumasi. And when I got to Kumasi, the Lord told me, after five years, I'm going to give you a ministry. And it was five years I started Calvary Charismatic Center. And today, as I speak, every Sunday morning, we have an attendance of 5,000 people. We have three services every Sunday morning. Out of that church, we have started 650 churches all over the country. Just being obedient and going to the place where God wanted me to do, God started opening the source. So when people ask me, what is the secret of your sources? I tell them is that I went to the place where God wanted me to be. And when I became obedient and waited, he opened that door and gradually and gradually. I'm here to tell you, God has something for you to do. God has something for you to do. He's gifted you. And when we talk about gift, it's not only spiritual gift, but talents. Because you were born with it and God gave it to you. Whether it is talent or skill, God gave you the wisdom to study. You are you are a good IT person. You are good in this. You are good in that. God has gifted and skilled you so that you could also use that to serve God in his kingdom. Don't make it a waste. Are you hearing me? Don't make it a waste. You come to our church. We have so many different ministries in the church. All our building that our, 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 our building is sitting on 10 acres of land. And everything, everybody, I tell everybody, whatever skill you have can be used into ministry. When we are going to build, I call the architects and I tell them my plans. And then they put it on paper. I said, that is why God sent you to school. So go and put it on paper and bring it. Freely you have received, freely you give. <laughs> Hello? So we have, when they bring it, we have quantities of years and other people, we assemble them. And then they bring the materials and everything. So we buy the materials and everything. Then we buy and then we get people and then we assign them. When we are doing a work, they assign that you, 
you will be two people. You'll be on duty this week. So in the morning, they come there. We hire the laborers. They come there, give them instructions what they are supposed to do. They go to their work. In the evening, they come and see whether they did exactly what they did. Then they tell them what they are supposed to do tomorrow and everything. So we do things. And when you come, we've done a lot of things. And uh, all what it costs us was the materials. Uh, that's all. Nobody charge. We don't have any contractor charge and everything. Everything is done manually for people. And I tell them, I said, God has given you, you are an engineer. God brought you to this church so that you can use your engineering skill to help the church. And you don't charge for that. Amen. So let me tell you, in conclusion, what I want to say is that God says he wants to speak to you. Be at the right place for God to speak to you. Amen? Make sure every morning you get up, have time to pray and read the Bible. And as you read, God will speak to you. God says, I want to provide for you. I know that what you have is not enough, but seek my kingdom first. Whatever I've given you, there's a kingdom money. Do it. Give to God what you are supposed to give. He always asks you what you have. He came to Moses. Moses said, he said, what do you have? He said, I have a rod. And he used the rod. Give it. Whatever you have. He said, you have something. That's why. Give to God. And you, as you give to him, he said, he will provide what you need. And also, if God has brought you to this place, today, as you go home, pray and say, Lord, you didn't bring me to live in faith just like that. You have something for me to do. Pray. God will lead you. Talk to your pastor. These are my skills. These are the things. If anytime you, are, you need it, I'm available. I want, I want to make it and make sure so that God will always be glorified. I pray that he that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church this morning. And everybody say, Amen. Let's stand on our feet. There's a song we used to sing. It's an old song. Um, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you and every breath that I take, every moment I'm with, Lord, have your way. Let's sing it again. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me. I just want you to raise up. You see, when we raise up our hands, we are saying we are surrendering to you. I just want you to raise up your hands and say, Lord, I rededicate my life to you afresh. Use me. I'm ready to be used. I'm ready to do whatever you want me to do. Lord, 
I, I want everyone to pray. Just pray and dedicate your life to God once again afresh. Father, we're so grateful to you. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you for a time we can come and dedicate our life afresh to you, oh God, to be used of you and to do what you've called us to do. Give us the grace that we can give you a heart, our soul, our everything, oh God. We bless you. We thank you in the name of Jesus. You, oh God, give you my heart. Give you my soul. Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I commit every person here into your hands. You save us. You fill us with your Holy Spirit. You've gifted us. And Father, we have come to surrender everything you've given us to you so that you can use it for the building of your church, your kingdom. Lord, I pray that may you give us a grace that any time, any money you give us, the kingdom money, we will always give it to the kingdom. We will lay up treasures in heaven, not on earth. Lord, we also pray that give us a grace to be able to get up and to speak to you every morning so that you can also speak to us. Father, it's you alone that can help us. We pray that may you grant us this three requests. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And let everybody say, Amen. And listen, before, before we, we leave, if you're here, and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior because it all starts with giving your life to Christ. And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the best thing to do is to come here this morning. Say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Christ. If anybody here who doesn't know Christ and you want to give your life to Christ, you can raise up your hand and I'll pray for you. If you are here and you don't know Christ and you want to give your life to Christ. Okay? Okay, good. It means we know Christ. Then if you know Christ, I want you to go and make sure that this week, make a commitment that Lord, bring somebody on my path who doesn't know you and give me the courage to share my story. Are you hearing me? Because anybody that have known Christ, all that Christ wants you to do is to share your story. You know, don't, just, don't bring quotation. Just tell your story. This is how I used to be until I met Christ and Christ changed my life. Very simple. Father, I pray for each one of us this week as we go about our normal duties. Those who be traveling, we pray for traveling messes. Wherever we be going, we pray that your hand will be before all of us. I pray your special covering over each one of us, our life. You are the God that go before. May you go before us. Make the crooked place straight. Level all the mountains. Give us success this week. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.